0: back to theory for turntables the tft podcast i'm ryan that's matt hey matt are you still a lover boy are you still on the cover or did you become a valley boy out
1: there (laughs) ryan all right let's fight
0: we are discussing cry 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 and that is what we will do all (laughs) episode long we will just cry cry and cry uh which is the fourth full-length album um by wolf parade and their first album in about seven years uh for first full length they came back last year with an ep uh, in 2016 Uh, but this uh but cry 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 is their first album since expo 86 um and it's my favorite album of theirs actually since their debut album apologies to the queen mary which was released in 2005 so we are back in 2017 but we actually i mean this i chose this album album in part because it's one of my um you know favorite albums of the fall and maybe of the year so far um and also because it is this bridge Back to 1997 um, in a few different ways, and uh, to what we were discussing over the last two weeks with um, "Pavement" um, and then "Modest Mouse" and Lonesome, "Lonesome Crowded West," uh, and for a few reasons, right? That um, if we were kind of talking about that era that in the last two episodes we were calling kind of the "Star Report" to 9/11, uh, right? Wolf Braid kind of came, burst onto the scene right at the tail end of that, and kind of were on this vanguard of pitchfork-approved big indie, um, and and we're kind of a little bit about a year broke a year after um their fellow um residents of montreal the arcade fire and were kind of part of this boom of canadian bands and and kind of um you know alongside uh, some other bands from montreal and from toronto were like were one of this big locus of energy of that indie push um and so apologies to the queen uh, mary um their 2005 full-length debut was uh was really kind of a seminal album of the time was produced uh by isaac brock of modest mouse and it's really kind of it's a really kind of connection and kind of expansion of a lot of what was happening in the late 90s um and it's also just striking to think that now um right so 2005's apologies to the queen mary is closer historically to lonesome crowded west than it is to cry 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 huh. <laughs> right um and that that is something that kind of struck me today uh as i was uh yeah, was, 12, was, was 12
1: years yeah wow that's that's very interesting
0: it is right, and and so, but this is and and, and this is an interesting arc as well, right? So, um, the the middle two albums, I think, at they're called at Met Mount Zoomer and Expo '86, d- didn't really connect with me quite as much. Um, they got some amount of you know indie press attention, but weren't there wasn't a trajectory of increasing um, kind of uh, fame or artistic uh, merit. But even as the two um, principal songwriters, so Wolf Parade uh, has. Um, two singers. Um, right. There's uh the one who sounds a little more like David Bowie, uh, and uh, that's Spencer Krug, uh who sings and plays um plays keyboards and piano. Um, and then the one who sounds a little more like Springsteen, if not in his voice, at least in his kind of, um, songwriting choices. Um, right. And so that's Dan Buckner. Um, and they both are prolific, have prolific other bands. Dan Buckner plays on uh, a band called, um, handsome furs also did a project, um, uh, called The Divine Fits with the lead singer of Spoon um, and Spencer Krug has been in a bunch of other bands uh, as well um, uh, f- uh, Sunset Rubdown is one of his solo projects that kind of expanded into a full band I think he records as Moonface um, I think he played it early in his career as part of Frog Eyes and, uh, and, and also as part of a super group called Swan Lake right so there is a parade of not just wolves but in fact all of the animals the um, the menagerie has been opened up uh, with these uh, with these bands and all of the animals are on parade. Um, but but the, the, this album, um, I think Cry 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 for me, uh, really kind of opens up a lot of what the strengths of their debut were in that it's the interplay of these two songwriters and kind of a little bit of a variety of um, the slightly, the, the, rockers and the proggers, right. Um, and, and both are, um, complimenting each other really well. And I don't know, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I mean, Matt, was this, uh, your first, um, exposure to Wolf Parade and, and uh, what were your, what were your quick takes on, uh, on this record?
1: Ryan, I have a question. Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, do you remember recommending a record to me?
0: Um, n- n- not, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the answer was going to be a qualified yes. It's a, it's yes a qualified because... yes. I, 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 it's a qualified yes. I recommend, I remember recommending a record to you, but I don't know which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <That's,
1: laughs> I, re- I remember recommending many, many records to you. Now at the, uh, in the mid two thousands, um, pre overthinking it, I think back when, uh, you had like 40 e-music credits, month, oh, yeah. uh-huh. right? So, uh, like, uh, if you don't, if you don't know, or if you were, if you're a millennial or something like that, e-music was an early, uh, online music store, music service, um, contemporaneous with the iTunes store, but it had a different model. You paid a monthly fee. I think it might've been uh, 10 bucks a month. Um, And you got for that 40 credits and a credit was a download of a song. So if you wanted like three uh, records with 12 songs on them, you could do that. That was 36 credits. And then you had four left over and you could buy like one third of the next record. And then on the first of the month, uh, fill it out. It, It sort of worked like this. And they had other, uh, other things. There was some comedy stuff too. Comedy was like five credits or whatever for the, the full album. Um, anyway, so I, you know, this was one of those things that like <laughs> digital abundance, uh, you know, makes you a glutton a little bit or makes you a sort of completist, right? Like, um, when i subscribed to paste uh magazine it was the same thing paste was a, a music magazine same vintage uh came with a, a, a sampler um That uh, sampler CD back in the era of CDs and then it transitioned to a whole online publication. I still had a uh, still had a subscription and you got a a digital online downloadable sampler and then occasional uh, occasional like bonus records for, you know, if they were trying to market something and wanted to get it out to to influencers or at least to people who read that particular magazine it was a weird magazine but there was some good uh in the like bluegrassy folk uh indie indie flavor direction uh there was some good stuff and like uh, again i like downloaded every and i still have this folder of like 40 records that i'll probably never listen to but i diligently transfer it from from mac to mac anyway so i needed some uh i needed some like uh not junk food but i needed some Um, You know, automatic eating, right? Like I I needed something to like fill out my e-music queue. And so it's like, hey, Ryan, what's the haps in the what's the haps in the the indie music and the hot indie music these days? And you... Uh gave me a whole bunch of record recommendations that included uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion. It included the first album from Clap Your Hand, Say Yeah, which I liked a lot. Uh, it included um, a couple other things of that of that vintage. This was different from the emo mixtape. Uh Right,
0: right, right, right.
1: This was distinct. And and one of them was Wolf Parade's album uh was the first record. And cuz this it was right around the time. And I remember listening to it and feeling a little alienated by it because I was like, what is this experimental noise rock? (laughs) And so when, when I, this is just a long way around the barn to answer your question. So when, when I, um, started this record and it was this like very Dank, gothy, you know, piano riff, kind of piano obligato figure that, car- that carries on through the whole, uh, through the whole song. Like, uh, I was like, wow, I thought w- Wolf Band was an experimental
0: n- wolf. Band. <laughs> That's our new indie band. It's called we're just called Wolf Band. <laughs> <laughs> that, goes, uh, that guy that
1: I got mean our old indie band. Yeah, it, it actually makes sense given our stages of life that our old indie band in our 20s was called something else and this one is called <laughs> Wolf Band. <laughs> and in the band we're all called I'm called Wolfman Matt if you're called Wolfman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that uh I thought that I thought Wolf Parade was an experimental noise collective. I didn't realize they were a Depeche Mode cover band.
0: Yeah, and I mean I think they've always I mean I think that one I think that perhaps you have changed just as much or more than <laughs> yep. than, than Wolf Parade has.
1: Right? I'd be uh, like I'd be like listening back to it these days and it would be like what is this
0: easy listening shit? It sounds like Counting Crows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, like, I think that the the sense of what is uh, experimental has expanded, right? This is not even—Wolf Parade is not even the most—they they may not even be— they're definitely not the most experimental, noisy wolf band out there, right? That, that prize goes to Wolf Eyes, um, <laughs> who we've talked about um, uh, numerous times on here, uh, and because, like, uh, Wolf Eyes and some of their side projects— were kind of the the earliest descriptor that we I, I, I used as a reference for ex- Experimental Noise Collective. Um, and that is, you know, wolf eyes. I mean, that is, like, noise, right? So this is, right, like, I'd say wolf parade at some times is noisy rock, right? In that it is rock that has elements of know that synthesizers were and there are certain kinds of affecting and and certainly on both this album and and on the first album you know kind of a sense of playing um in you know playing live and in a basement right there's it's there's kind of there's there's a little bit of a raucousness there um but wolf parade definitely makes you feel like your um your headphones are breaking and you're also having a stroke at the same time or sorry Wolf (laughs) wolf Wolf eyes right Wolf Eyes uh, is is that your is that something bad is happening both to your mechanical equipment and to your body, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and no and, and so yeah this is and, and so I think the the parameters of what noise rock um, are have changed and I think that um, and and that said I think that Wolf Parade again I don't think it's been reined in that much um, but this is an album that you know was not it has not really been met with entirely acclaim, at least from the indie press um, pitchfork, gave it a pretty solid meh um, as did a number of other uh, publications. But I thought this was a, I I think there's, there's a lot that's really fun here. I mean, this is one where, um, Well, Ryan, I think, I think you have changed and Pitchfork has has (laughs) changed, right? I think that's, I think that's right. Um, and I mean, I've never towed the party line, um, Uh. and, uh, the, the Pitchfork party line. Um, but I, yeah, I I just, I just
1: don't know from day to day who I'm going to find Ryan. It's like, like you're you're two different people. I don't know if I'm gonna find like Tristan Zara, the like Dar- Dadaist, uh, you know, alienating experimental noise collective uh, lover, uh, or if I'm or if I'm gonna find some like dad rock, you know, like eighties uh, eighties throwback lover.
0: What kind of Wolfman are you? i'm i'm i' I'm, I'm a wild wolf man i'm an untamed wolf and that's the thing about the wolf is that you never know what you're going to get and right. right and so and and that i think is is why all the wolf bands are good have good names right that there is the um the allure of the wolf is there and and the kind of complexity of of the wolf and and i think that that's right that duality um is is of there wild, you mean birth. of w-
1: wild animal and of cutesy house pet
0: exactly right um of wild animal and, and cutesy house pet of of pack animal and loner right mm. um of um of growling and howling um which are, are the two singing primary singing modes uh, on the wolf parade album incidentally right um there's not a lot of howling but there's there's definitely a a range of vocals but i, I guess the point is is that and again, I think the engine of this band are the two vocalists, and um, and we'll kind of, in, you know, in your listen, and we'll, we'll kind of jump in and kind of identify which uh, which songs are by which because I think that that's a useful kind of taxonomy for breaking down the album. Um, and I think there's a lot here, right? This is an album written after the events of 2016, yeah. and so as with all, all, all albums after the uh, written after the events of uh, 2016, it is about the events of two. 2016 in one way or another and this in um some pretty um nice ways and there's you know and there are a lot of great kind of small one liners and a lot of really cool melodic uh pieces. So if you've not yet listened to cry cry cry, um well just cry 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 about it. <laughs> um and then listen to it. Uh and then join us back here to uh, discuss the record uh after this word from our commercial sponsors.
1: Do you have a problem with flies on the sun?
0: Uh, I do. My flies keep getting all over the sun.
1: Yeah, the hotter it gets, right, the more the flies multiply on your sun or in your kitchen, as the case may be.
0: Yeah, they, they just are
1: attracted to the light. Well, if you've got a problem with flies in your light, why not try Raid Flying Insect Killer?
0: Uh, yes, I'm spraying it everywhere right now. I'm spraying it on the sun. <laughs> that that
1: that's a great way to make an improvised blowtorch, as every misbehaving teenager knows. Raid Flying Insect Killer is yeah. used indoors and outdoors to kill Asian lady beetles, box elder bugs, flies, fruit flies, non-biting flies, horned flies. Biting flies, small flying moths, large flies, and yellow jackets on contact. It has an outdoor
0: fresh scent. Large flies is uh, one of my favorite indie bands of the early 2000s. (laughs) Raid, flying insect spray.
1: Because we can't coexist peacefully with our fellow creatures, we have to kill them
0: dead. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, well, you've, we've already asked the question, so now, now we now we can just sit in silence for, for the next uh, 45 minutes or so. What's a, what's, um, a, what's a valley boy? Yeah, okay. It's, um, uh, well, I'll tell you. Um, and and I, I, this is one that was helped out a little bit by the geniuses at Genius, um, but, uh, and also by some of what I read. Um, the valley boy, well, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, you would know. You live. You're valley adjacent, right? Um, the the valley boy is the um, the lesser observed um, uh, uh, mate of the valley girl, right? Um, so I think this song um, and and you kind of can pick it out a little bit um, in the lyrics, and then when once you're told this, it lo- locks in. Is about Leonard Cohen, yeah. Um, and right. And so I, you know, I guess that a Valley boy, uh, would be, did, uh, you know, did, did Leonard Cohen, the question is, uh, did you become a Valley boy out there? Um, I believe is like Leonard Cohen. Did, uh, did, did LA get to you? Did, L, did Leonard Cohen go LA basically? I mean, there's
1: a, you know, and, and honestly recent sort of sexual harassment and assault scandals have, have, amplified this there's this sense of like la is a place of threat like of like physical threat you're gonna get attacked you know and also of kind of moral threat you're gonna you're gonna lose your soul right and this is all over the music of of lana del rey and others actually lana del rey kind of combines them in a way that's uh that's sort of interesting and i'm sick of it I'm sick of my beloved hometown becoming a a shorthand for all that is is vapid and worthless in... uh you know, in, in contemporary culture, right? Well, like,
0: man, you're not, you're not from the Valley.
1: <laughs> no, it's true. I actually like, I have a joke that makes more sense out here, but that's like, I, I try never to go East of La Brea or North of Mulholland, which means I stay pr- pretty contained in the little postage stamp of, uh, of West LA, which is, you know, ver- very, very quickly became not the cool part of LA as the, the focus shifted each uh, shifted East to uh, communities like silver, Lake and Echo Park, the you know, the the, the Williamsburg and uh, or maybe the park slope in Williamsburg of uh of Los wow. Angeles. But the uh, you know, it's still some gritty parts of oh, well, wow. never mind. Uh no one cares. But that that like um I care. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's inter- it's interesting to think about, about Valley Girls. Like Valley girls were um just an object of fun and no one really no one really understood that it was actually about the San Fernando Valley at the time i mean i think it i the the, the great thing about it is that it is a literal descriptor that sounds like a metaphor right <laughs> like it sounds like it refers to some kind of like you know uh, uh, poetical valley ness you know right. which is like uh I don't know the like the the folk song down in the valley or so, you know something like that like the or the valley of the shadow of death or or something it's just so it's just such a uh, uh, good or the fertile valley or something like it's so available to kind of projection and metaphor that particular you know that particular like geologic feature and yet it was an actual uh, it was actual real valley you know the San Fernando Valley north of the north of the Hollywood Hills but the Valley Girl was sort of a figure of fun kind of known for vapidity up talk by the way we were doing up talk before it was cool you know uh here in, <laughs> yeah here in los angeles
0: we are we are all valley girls now
1: <laughs> <laughs> like i i really think that we're all valley girls now and saying like you know using using like as a kind of um conversational interjection all the time, uh, stuff that is stuff that has become stuff that has become really frankly normalized in American speech, uh, which just goes to show you, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you want to know where the, the culture is going linguistically, look at the young women, uh, because they're, they are at the vanguard of all the, the latest trends. So, but it was this, so it's sort of Proto Kardashian maybe is like Valley Girl, you know, uh, though they seem to have transcended that um, a little bit uh in in more recent years, and I wonder if like Valley Boy is sort of proto bro you know mm. the the idea cuz there there are no here's the thing there are no valley girls anymore it doesn't right like like everywhere else uh the um the valley has been colonized by uh the you know young urban professionals looking for cheap places to live and uh so it's all overrun with you know b- bars that serve $14 old fashions and, uh, third wave coffee roasters and, uh, mm. you know, I don't know pressed press juiceries and all, you know, all the kind of detritus of culverization is, uh, has sort of overtaken the Valley, even though it, it still is cheaper to live there than it is to live in the LA basin.
0: I mean, that's, it's very, it's very interesting so that there are not um, but, and so, but that's another way of thinking about that is that it is qu- quite possible you know, when asking Leonard Cohen's ghost, uh, if he's become, become a Valley boy, right. Um, uh, of, you know, whether that could, I could interpret it as both senses, right. Of, did you become a proto bro, kind of a vapid kind of stereotype of LA, or did you become a artisanal hipster bro? Right. Like, I mean, another way of saying this is like, did you, because like, Because I think that, right, that, so, right, Leonard Cohen, I, I associate as being kind of having this, kind of this late kind of, you know bohemian spirit right and kind of like you know being a poet right being this kind of singer songwriter we talked about this a little bit when we talked about you want a darker um last year right around this time um and so it's like did you be uh, like are you a bohemian or a brohemian right um, <laughs> oh. right and, and and i think that cuz it, and, and it's, and that's it's it's at that level of um you know, nuance, right. That, um, and, and I think that that's what becoming a Valley boy, um, would be right. And, um, and, and I don't know, I think it's, it's really interesting in kind of thinking about, and I don't know. I just like, I really liked this hook because this is one of the songs that grabbed me on this album. Um, cause there's something very, I think because of the way the kind of, um, Valley girl is this joke that then Valley boy is an even funnier joke. Right? It's just that it grabbed my attention. Um, and it's a it's a great hook. Right. Um, and the way it kind of rises and falls um, and, the, and the way you get the repetition of boy. Uh, are you a lover? Are you still a lover boy or did you become a valley boy? And it's just such a senseless false dichotomy. Right. It, it, the world is not divided into lover boys and valley boys. <laughs> there are other kinds of boys. <laughs> um, and and uh, and and so it, it's it's because of that, it's a very funny right it's a question it's a trolling. like he, he's kind of trolling leonard cohen's ghost on this song because it's like as senseless of a question as is the arcade fire an indie band
1: yeah right? by the way right are you still a lover boy are you still on the cover or did you become a valley boy out there right Give me a second. I I need to get my story straight. My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire State. (laughs) Did you become a uh, did you become a fun song out there? Just just uh, not for nothing. But it's kind of the same melody as we are young.
0: Oh, man, man. You know, uh, like I said, I had to. I had sorry. I have to. I just wanted to
1: ruin something beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, every, listen, every single day of, um, you know, uh, 2017, we wake up and um, have something ruined by an, an impetuous man child from the New York, New Jersey area. And I'm talking about Jack Antonoff. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, you know, every, uh, you know, every, uh, his influence, direct and ind- ind- indirect, is full. Right. Fr- full
1: Friday, Friday, I woke up and St. Vincent was ruined <laughs> by <laughs> Jack Antonoff.
0: Yeah, it's just every every kind of goo, every news alert from Pitchfork is about the new favorite artist of mine that's being produced by Jack Antonoff, <laughs> um, and it's just it's I, I've just had to stop reading the indie music press. What is, um, my <laughs> God. Yeah,
1: what is it? What does that guy have? You know, what is he? What has he got that I haven't got? Um, well,
0: I think it's it's very interesting, right? Because to think of to connecting it to um, uh, uh, to Jack Antonoff, right? Because I think that and and you if we discuss um St Vincent's album we'll we'll see this because one of the um features of the Jack Antonoff songs that are often too much is um, like the albums are going great uh, until there's an unnecessary piano ballad. Um, and it's, and, and it's like, that's the um, that's the bleachers Faustian bargain. It's like, yeah, I'll make your album sound very cool and very hip and right on that, um, that, that cusp of indie and pop. Um, but, but, I get to write a pointless piano man ballad. Um, And and it's him just kind of just doing this, just forced insufferable kind of, you know, the better ones are closer to queen and the worst ones are closer to Billy Joel, like bad Billy Joel. Um, And, and, and they're often just not really connected to what's going on on the album. And I think what's interesting about kind of tying it back to this song is that right Spencer Krug is the piano man right so so Valley Boy is sung by Spencer Krug the piano man uh the piano wolf right there's the piano wolf and guitar wolf um and and this is and, and and I think it is interesting to think right we've talked a lot about being in kind of keyboard mode or piano mode as a mode of songwriting and as a mode of rocking um compared to guitar uh, mode um and so it is interesting that like deep down when you are Writing songs on the piano, and I, I just wonder what it is—whether it's you know again shared influence or um, or as a result of kind of engaging you know the process of songwriting. But it, it, maybe it's not an accident that the piano song gets closer to a, a fun song, which is itself kind of closer to these elements of glam, right? Of um, like we said, um, of of Queen, um, which had kind of late, later glam, kind of arena glam tendencies or towards like the kind of Bowie glam era type stuff um, and, and even, and, and, and related things. Right. And so I just, I see that, yeah, or
1: like I mean, my touchstone for it is Depeche Mode, or like a, a much lighter, a much more easy listening Nine Inch Nails, even right? Like who, right, right, who right, sort right. of like in the less industrial moments of of Trent Reznor's career. He He's
0: like of, later period, like later period of either Depeche Mode or um or, or Nine Inch Nails, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And that that like
0: it that that to me like it was so
1: pronounced, like when when Lazarus Online started, um, yeah. you know, and it didn't. Like and and like really, I sort of I I either misremembered Wolf Band or else I thought I I mistook one Wolf Band for another, um, or else my tastes have changed and actually I was just coming off a long hangover of Britney Spears records in the mid two thousands and like this this was like it, it seemed to me impossibly alienating when in fact it was pretty tame,
0: for, <laughs> uh, pretty tame for a Wolf Band. <laughs> 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 uh, the wolf, the wolf within you, uh, has awoken and is howling, uh, howling at the indie moon. Right.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, it's like I haven't eaten. I feel uh, just a need for food uh, in some manner,
0: some sustenance, <laughs> yeah. right? And maybe, and and you would probably consume it voraciously yeah, like, I would. like a wild animal
1: I would yeah like a like a you know just like with in my my jaws in my with my sh- canines to shred it to shred it to pieces Yeah yeah
0: um, yeah yeah you're you're famished like a shark
1: <laughs> Yeah ex- oh yeah that's exactly what it was and that that I uh I I thought that like um I sort of was a little bit, a little bit, I don't know. Do you have this, like, do you have anxiety about, about pressing play on an album ever? Like, what is this going to be? Is this going to make, is this going to make like a lot of demands on me? Um, is it not, right? Like,
0: not really. <laughs> I press play on a lot of questionable things. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, uh, to me, like, um, to me, there
1: always is a moment, even when we're, when we're, you know, even when it's something that I know for this podcast, where it's a little bit like, uh, there's, there's a kind of jumping into the unknown quality of it. And like this kind of sense, this vaguely conscious sense that I had that it was, um, you know uh, that that it was going to be demanding. That it was going to be a sort of noise rock. Uh- Right, set my expectations in a particular way. And when I right. started hearing this, like, piano riff, I, it was like, wait, where where are we? Like, what? Who's <laughs> who's well, up is down, black is white, like, uh, wrong, you know. Uh, I don't, I, I don't understand this, this topsy turvy, uh, mixed up world. And then I looked at the track list, and this song was called Lazarus Online, you know, which has <laughs> got to be a reference to Black Star a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. It, and, and you know, sounds like Bowie a little bit, and that like, yep. what the hell? What the hell is going on? Like, I, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know where I was. No, I I think like the the sort of cheap appropriation of online or like cyber this cy- <laughs> cyber cyber wolf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, stuff that I don't want to. Um, I don't necessarily wanna to, to listen to that or deal with it. I don't I you know I don't wanna I think it's a it's maybe without a lot more, it's a little too much uh it's a little too zeitgeisty as a as a metaphor without like a very good um uh, a very good set of, anal- uh, you know, kind of analysis or point of view to, to back it up. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure they earned the use of the word, the word online here, but this is another one on this record where the hook is just killer, right? Yeah. Like, all right, let's fight. Let's rage against the night is just, I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds poppy. It sounds gothy. It sounds like that Dylan Thomas poem that everybody knows. It's like there's, it's just, it really manages to, to do a lot of work. To be a lot of things to a lot of people.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting though, because to um, you know to to think about like I, I also had a little bit of this rolled my eyes when I saw the the title of Lazarus online. Oh, the way the it's lyrics- going to be
1: about it's going to be about digital alienation and how <laughs> Lazarus and like coming back from the dead. We don't even come back from the dead anymore. We just look at our phones, and that's <laughs> a kind of that's kind
0: of death, man. It's like but a this tomb. Is the op- but so this is the opposite of that, right? So that the, the lyrics, right, are Lazarus Online, I received your message, you're a fan of mine, your name's Rebecca, and you've decided not to die, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so it's actually, it is, I mean, yeah, it is a metaphor, but it's like, and especially because Krug is like the kind of more kind of poetic and kind of abstract lyricist, this is actually very different. It's a, you know the idea of Lazarus Online is, hey, you know, there's there's two things that are happening here right is that the onlineness of lazarus is that um is that the actual onlineness is is part of what is bringing back to life and i think it goes two ways right so that i think that um that that and, and what i i see is kind of there is that this is like a message of basically like your music saved my life right and this is a a kind of and and so kind of and the music is at this point online right uh, and uh and and yeah maybe record uh rebecca has like the the vinyl or the cassettes or the cds but generally right it's it's from right wolf parade is a entirely post digital distribution band right you got it on e music um we we streamed this um and so that there is this the the connection to that music is the thing that is resurrecting but i also think that it's it's mutual, right? It's it's kind of a mutual Lazarus society um, in that that message itself, kind of coming through, whatever it is of email or Facebook or um, or or Twitter, um, is I think something that especially because that's the first word um, on this album that is you know from a band that no, no, people just kind of assumed we're not making records anymore, yeah. um, and and even kind of stopped noticing or clamoring for um, that this is, I feel like that kind of message and kind of what I see in that song is like, Hey, you know what? There's a point to this. (laughs) Right. Um, and yeah, yeah, we didn't become like, um, you know, Jack Antonoff, um, even though we probably have the chops, (laughs) um, right. We didn't become fun, uh, fun or bleachers or the other kind of, or even right their buddies, um, the, the arcade fire. Um, but like, right there, there's, there's
1: still an indie band
0: yeah they are still an indie band um even they're the last indie band (laughs) um because you can't because you can't domesticate a wolf (laughs) um and uh and so they're 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 destined to be indie forever um and but and it kind of it is like a that that verse and kind of the idea that the the title kind of encapsulates kind of says like hey this is why we're doing this and maybe there's other reasons why we're doing this but this is one of the reasons um um, while, while we're doing this right and later on um right there's another thing and i think a lot of these um is about kind of interactions with fans and learning what your music means right and so later on in the song um it says um uh what is it uh, and in the summer sun on the day uh on his birth you found yourself standing at the edge of the earth crying why 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 like getting punched in the heart were your exact words on describing the music you heard and now i'm the one crying right and and i think that that exactly is there of <laughs> and, and again it's it's this there's a circular piece there of um and, and this is definitely, I, I definitely have a lot of very clear memories of where I was when I heard the, the, the Wolf Parade songs that resonated with me much the most or other bands, especially at that time, right. When I was in my early twenties, um, and could still feel things now, <laughs> um, you know, that, uh, or, or earlier, right. That there are specific times in, in life or, um, that intersect with specific songs and, it, and, and that kind of connection and, um, and, and, a, a song, Encapsulating a moment or a feeling is how you get these very deep connections with bands. Um, And and again, I I think that idea of getting punched in the heart and and loving a song because it punched you in the (laughs) um, heart—it's not just because it punches you in the heart. Because like bullies punch you, (laughs) like this, like punches you in the heart and then hugs you in the heart (laughs) as well, right? Or it's—it's a punch in the heart is still not even quite right. It's like it, it is. Or if it is like a punch in the heart, it's a punch in the heart um, in the way that you do that in like while doing CPR, right? Um, And so these all is another imagery of being shocked back to life. Um, And again, that kind of Becoming aware of the effect of the songwriting, um, then having that effect back on him, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 I think there's something very powerful about that. And I mean, it's you know, it's not the first kind of time that's been written, but I, I think the fact that. Right, it moves on from this like very kind of something that is borderline cliche and gets very specific very fast. Um, is is very interesting, right? And I think we see this elsewhere on the record where there are a lot of references. Right, I mean, I think the two dominant pieces of imagery on this album are dreams and kings, right? Um, and right, and the kings are all they're, they're not good. <laughs> Spoiler alert: the kings on the Wolf Parade album uh, are are not. Good. They are made. They're they are made of piss and paper. Hmm. Um, and they are and they are kicking people out of of things that are rightful there. There's and they're using um uh and they're using violence and the dreams are generally bad dreams, <laughs> bad and upsetting and disturbing um, more or less. Um and so you know that this is and and again I think that there's a uh an, and it'll be interesting to see whether the music of this era. Um, starts to feel like the music of 2004-2005, right? Because we, we've talked about this a little bit, and when you look back on kind of 2004-2005 indie, and you really feel that kind of the sting of the left um, and uh, of progressives and liberals after the second you know, Bush election, right? Uh, and it's, you know, again, the album that I mostly associate with that era is like the, um, is Bright Eyes' uh, uh, I'm wide awake, I'm wide it's, awake. Morning. it's morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. we're going to a party. It's a birthday party. <laughs> it's, it's your, your birthday, birthday party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we love you very, very, very much. That's the anti-Lazarus online song. That's right, the, right. you know, that's the like suicide offline song.
0: Well, right, and it's, the companion album to that album is digital ash in a digital urn, right? So it's kind of digital death, right? It is, that's also the opposite... Of, um, of Lazarus online. Um, and yeah, so- and also
1: like I'm Wide Awake It's Morning had this like hand-drawn kind of line drawing kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I mean, well, that, that's interesting because like the idea of two two albums, the kind of duality makes me think of this sort of movement that you talked about between like the fan writing in saying your album saved my life and then that kind of reinvigorating the band and the music going out and that kind of bringing the, the fan back from the brink. You know, it's almost like they've got her letter and she's got their song, but the, <laughs> yeah, but this is actually like, I, you know, I feel like every band goes through, at, at like one of the, one of the things that bands do is write songs about being a band. And a lot of it is like, Oh, it's so hard to be famous. No one around me is real, but this is actually as close to a kind of normative theory of, you mm. know, band fame as you can think, which is that there's this kind of virtuous cycle, right? Like, there's this mutually reinforcing uh kind of feedback loop, kind of regulating feedback loop that goes between yeah. uh, that goes between the band and the um and the fan. And that like uh you know, um that, that that that's normal. That's that's as it should be. And like talking about that in a non-grandiose way is kind of is is sort of an accomplishment. I mean it's it it does make it interesting and kind of save it from the, uh, from the, the, maybe the most, uh, you know the 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 least generous um eye roll that i could give the opening line Lazarus online though i thought like Lazarus online you know i thought like uh thought thought like what if it's an announcement rather than like um you know what if it's like yes the Lazarus machine is online you know right like
0: the, the you know <laughs> right this is like a, this is like a prog rock concept album right right, right exactly
1: That's, right right exactly it's like roll camera camera rolling roll sound
0: sound is rolling roll Lazarus Lazarus online <laughs> Lazarus online yeah it's a it's an immortal um, sentient computer right <laughs> um, yeah I think it's um that's that's interesting what other songs uh, are there any other songs that jumped out at you and I, I don't know yeah if this you... is for mostly for the
1: sonics and less less for the um less for the uh, lyrics exactly but when I was uh, listening to Baby Blue, I thought for a second that my, um, that like I had finished the album, it had gone on to album radio and it was playing me like a long doors jam uh, <laughs> with like, with, yeah. with, with like the, cause there's like a long organ solo and it really yeah. is like a, a Ray Manzarek kind yeah. of uh, just like psychedelia yeah. organ solo. And I, you know, to me, this was like, Um uh, even like, uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the, this is a kind of fire water song. It's about, you know, a kind of a, what a human connection that's missing, like, like a full, a full on fire to the water. So blue, I will come undone and I will run to you. Uh, sometimes we are an open flower. Sometimes we are an open wound that, that kind of thing, right? Like it's, uh, and then the, the, um, the, the thing that gets, uh, gets repeated is, is burning blue for you, burning blue for you with the kind of the, uh, uh, antithesis of like burning and the color blue, uh, which is more cold or watery or, or something like that, you know. And that's you know, all right, that's that's fine. But like, what really struck me about it was the the kind of the long jamminess, um, uh, the long jamminess of it. That that like was a nice. I don't know. It's not. I can't bear too much of it. But like in uh, we've we've j- kind of gone over two songs so far that have like pretty solid hooks, you know, that have pretty tight pop rock songwriting and that like something, something that is actually a little more noise oriented or a little more jam oriented. Uh, it's a little more experiential rather than a little, rather than constructed, uh, it's a nice thing to have. And I think like goes to the, goes to the strength of the band.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that, that was a moment that really grabbed me as well musically and, I think what's cool about it is that it is an organ jam, but it's a, it's a, there's a, and there's a number of places on the album where this is really at play, is that there's a lot of interp- really tight interplay and back and forth between the guitars and the organ. Um, and it's very, very cool, right? And they kind of trade off the fig- uh, the figures and they kind of intertwine, so some points they double and some points they diverge. And it's it's very cool, and I, I think there's a few things going on. I mean, I think, especially given the, like, the lyrical content of the song, about kind of rekindling connection or kind of desiring it rekindled connection um that's fallen even though the lyrics kind of have a more of a kind of romantic overtone again i think that it also can be about the the bromance of of a band right and kind of a creative partnership Um, and so that this is right that there's a way in which the the guitar organ jam is that kind of blue burning flame right Um, and that is um is that kind of Um, like there's actually, right. This is, this is Truman. This is the ignition of the remix, right? Right. This is, this is the ignition. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that, like, there is this kind of lighting, um, lighting that fire. Um, and I don't know. I think that maybe the the only other two um, I wanted to um, you know it's it's interesting. We we actually spent most of our time almost exclusively on the Spencer Krug songs, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and and I think that the, um, the the Dan Bokner songs are a lot more like. They definitely get a little closer to being on the nose um, in their directness. And, and, a, and a few of the lyrics that um, come to mind, and let me see if I can uh, find them, um, but on your Dreaming," so the second song. Um, and then this is a, almost too on the nose, but it, I think it works i just want to kind of highlight these because it kind of shows how this other half of wolf parade works right is that i think it's like kind of in a bridge uh, in your dreaming is the um, line that's all these scenes of shattered glass all your systems in collapse on the screen they move so fast but just like life but it's just like life but we're dreaming um and it's and, um, and and again, read out loud, you feel like that's a little almost closer to what you expected Lazarus Online was going to be like. Yeah. Um, but the way that it's delivered is that it, it's like a, you know, it's in that kind of springsteen or kind of Bryan Adams kind of mode. Uh, again, it's this like very kind of like pop rock um, kind of thing right where it kind of comes down right um uh you know and and um and he kind of growls it over that in a way that then and builds a, a tremendous amount of tension that then breaks loose with the keyboard line um and 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 feels and 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 you just the the sense of kind of release on that feels really good and feels like it would be a great kind of live song because there would be a great moment um and the other couple that that is like that that's like on the nose a little too on the nose um yet still also manages to work is on um, the second to last track on artificial life um with another one of these kind of up-tempo um uh, buckner songs um that is and it's the, the couple it is uh, i think it's also in the bridge right he kind of he, he puts his like aha moment or his kind of message moment in the bridges right and it's the um well We'll move to somewhere uh, we hate. We'll learn to love flyover states. Um, it goes on and on. They're getting fat. They feed us trash, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and that, that was a song that earlier on, right, is that, like he says, leave this place, exit this city. Now it belongs to the royalty. Right. right? <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. It, right? So it really is that kind of in the kind of spring steamy um, you know, kind of working class, like it's like working class, but it's like it's the it's he's a knowledge working class hero. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean that like honestly what he said, th- it's a recipe for
1: becoming a valley boy, right? right? Like moving to somewhere you hate, learning to love the flyover states, like going to the place where the, you know, you, you don't have your kind of like urban uh ferment, right? Your sort of, I don't know, your grittiness. Um yeah but the uh the uh but that the the housing is cheaper right and kind of like putting in stakes there learning to love the flyover states play, you know bringing with you your 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 uh you know single origin coffee and your whatever yoga studios or something and and like doing that that's how you know that's how that happens, right? Like that's, that's how those areas get sort of built up. That's how like Minneapolis gets a, a a reputation as a happen in town or something, you know?
0: Well, I think the first step one, right. To learning to love the flyover states is to not call them flyover states, right? Because the other way to read this, right. So it is a recipe to kind of, you know, becoming that valley boy or becoming okay with that. Um, But the other thing that I hear that is a desire to right in be in feeling kind of exiled and kind of expropriated from kind of a city and and not being able to afford it that there is a a also a desire there and kind of connecting with some of the other political uh, themes to kind of connect with people who like that that identifying the the elite as the enemy and kind of trying to build an allegiance with kind of, right, the flyover states and the people in them. But again, if you're calling them that, then that kind of shows the gulf that exists, right? There's so a, there's kind
1: of, a, there's a yeah. weird inevitability to it where it's a little bit like, uh, there, there's a great uh, monologue at the end of, of Mice and Men where uh, George describes his life, right? He he knows, yeah. uh, it's after he shoots Lenny, um, but before the, the uh, people come and he it's the opposite of the story that he tells Lenny about like hey got you know we got each other we, you know guys out here they don't got a lot but we got each other I got you and you got me we're going to retire to a place with rabbits um, but the uh, he he uh, Sort of he after he shoots him to to save him from whatever worse uh, is in store from Curly and his goons. The um, uh, yeah, spoiler alert for of Mice and Men. The, George shoots Lenny at the end. Tell me yeah. about the rabbits, George. Sure, I'll tell you about the rabbits. Look over there. Boom. The uh, uh, he says, "Yeah, I'm just gonna work on a farm, and uh, once a year at Christmas, I'll get really drunk and stuff." He talks about like a life of wage slavery and kind of gives himself this like this uh, with. An era of inevitability, right? Like this sort of monologue of like, well, this is what my life is going to be now. And a little bit like we'll learn to love the flyover states sort of looks back and looks, uh, looks into the future, right? Like flyover states is what we call them now, but we'll learn to love them, you know, And right. like, like George, as we like embrace our, as we embrace our middle American, uh, our middle American resignation, you know, we'll learn to love them. And surely then we'll have something else to call them by the time we come around. To uh, to loving them.
0: But the other thing that's hilarious about this is that these guys are Canadian, <laughs> right? Um, right. This is like. And, and I mean, so what it, flyover state are you talking about, Saskatchewan? Right. The, right. I guess flyover provinces doesn't have quite the same ring to it, right? Um, and and so that at a certain point, and, and so them what kind of working in America mode is really interesting, right? Or kind of understanding the nature of flyover stateness, even though you're not even um, it, I guess you can still fly over a, a flyover state um, when you're a citizen of the air. Right. But this is this is NAFTA rock. Right? <laughs> um, so uh, this is right, this is from the other side of the border. And you know, for all we know, um, maybe uh, you we may require much higher tariffs to get in the future. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I mean, someone, someone should someone
1: should ban Canadians from entering the country.
0: I know they're taking all of our indie rock jobs, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, once we once we kind of end NAFTA, uh, all those all the coal workers will be able to start indie bands, <laughs> and you know, it'll be it, it's called like, uh, but it'll, it'll be it's all like mine parade, right? And <laughs> mole, mole parade, right? Um, because, <laughs> uh and and but we'll see for now the borders are open uh there's a great uh, great indie rock free trade zone so um so download all of uh, all of wolf parade get it all um buy get it in all of the forums um before it's too late before uh the tariffs go up uh and and uh, get uh, get a load of all of this um fresh canadian indie rock um and so we are back in 2017 we'll probably spend sometime um going back to things we missed when we were doing our historical stretch um and we'll also get a few albums um some new albums as they come out uh, there are a few other big ones um coming down the pike in the fall and we'll be certain to hit them um but we'll be here uh, drop us a line on all of the usual channels you know what they are and uh until then uh keep it real